Hello and good day and welcome to uh, another episode of the Fellowcast. This is the second episode and, and with me today I have Garth van die Kerk. Um, he's one of the pastors at our church. He's a great teacher. He's in charge of the, the children's ministry. But today we're going to speak to him about worship in general and worship at the fellowship. So Garth, welcome, first of all. Oh, thank you very much. It's lovely to be on your show, Valdi. Really looking forward to this conversation. It's a passion in my heart. Awesome, and it's good to have you here today. So, so first of all, let's let's get started, and maybe tell us a bit about your your early years or experiences of worship. How how did your passion for worship start? Sure, I'll have to start with um, I gave my heart to the Lord at the age of eight, and grew up in a wonderful Christian family. But I can honestly say, from the moment that I came to salvation, I had a great passion for Jesus Christ. A love for Him was birthed in my heart. I still remember the day after I giving my heart to the Lord, walking off to school, pushing my bike up a hill. We stayed on this pretty steep hill, or at least as a little boy it felt like it. And um, I ran up ahead because I saw a man walking there uh, up the road. And I thought, man, I want to tell him about Jesus. Because just the previous day I gave my heart to him, and it really burned within my heart. And um, it was a bit of a funny conversation, I remember. Uh, I asked him, do you know Jesus Christ? And he says, yeah, I want to, uh, I want a reverend. I want to speak to a reverend. <laughs> and in my thoughts as an Afrikaans boy, I, I said to him, yes, yes, I can find you. I can buy you a reverend. I thought he was speaking about a Bible. <laughs> and anyway, so that's how it started off. It really is a love for God. Awesome. And um, from there on, music-wise, my dad was an incredibly gifted musician. He died when I was very young, but I, um, me and my brothers certainly got some talents handed over to us from okay. that side and um when i was i think nine years old we came down to the cape to come and visit my grandma for the holidays and it was about a two three week holiday and in that time she comes from a old german family and they've got this tiny little four octave piano but a full-on iron um, grid back piano beautiful wood and i started fiddling on this thing and my parents just said man when they started hearing me play around it, they r- realized there's a talent over here. Yeah. Um, and it was moved up to Kempton Park shortly afterwards, still staying in my mom's house now in Admanus. Um, but that's how I learned to play music on this tiny little thing. And I soon ran out of space because it just not, was too tiny. Not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I must say, we can still see that, that talent today. If we, if we get to worship with you every time, I'm amazed that just the the gifting on your life and, and the oh, talent you, that you have and yeah. just how you pick up an instrument I, I i remember recently you started playing the cello and and then yeah, it's I'm still gi- working on it yeah <laughs> and it's it's just amazing to see how how you catch stuff and and that it is i really believe that that music is a gifting it's something that god gives to people i, I believe yeah. people can can grow in it and you can practice an instrument what are your thoughts on that maybe um uh, I, I would say um there's certainly gifting which is just talent given from god which could be latent for the rest of your life if you never work at it, just like any gift. Um, and then there's skill. If you start working on it, you can choose how far you want to push your skill level, yeah. which will awaken the gift inside of you. And then the third part, I think there's something else. When we come to worship music, there's anointing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Reino Takete as well used to be a worship leader at our church, and just everybody who hears him play, just recognize this is a particularly anointed worship leader. Yeah. So I think it's those three things in mix. And um, yeah, if you've got a gifting, you can work at it. 
Um, but I think on the other end as well, there is a pressing into God for anointing, but it's God's choice. Just yeah. think about Elijah in the Bible. He's asked for, listen, I want the anointing that was on you. Uh, if he didn't ask, we never knew if he would have gotten it, right? Yeah. Um, so there's something of that. We can ask for God for a great anointing, pressing into him, but then obviously it's God's choice. Yeah. He gives gifts to the body as he knows best. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a calling. And like you say, you can see it on people. You experience yes. it on people. Yeah, and they open something up for you. Yeah. You can just move into worship when this guy is stepping into worship. Yeah. It opens the way. Yeah, Very, very true. So, So what did you do before your life in full-time ministry? I know you explained a little bit about growing yeah. up, but kind of what was life like in your, say, young adulthood before you stepped mm. into full-time ministry? Okay. Um, well, we've got something in common just after school. Uh, I, I went on a ministry year of your life kind of thing, and after that started studying through UNISA, communication yeah. science, the yes. same as you. Um, so I had my eyes set on becoming a journalist. Okay. Um, and it's amazing. You'll say this, the same thing. I mean, you also didn't study communication science to become a pastor, right? Yeah. Uh, but somehow God just knew beforehand because um, communication is very much a part of what we do and we're busy sitting doing right Absolutely. now, isn't it? So God knows ahead of time. But work-wise, I, um, after school, I settled in Verlierstorp in the Overberg with my parents. My dad has been a builder at the time um, and I worked as a painter in his building company. Uh, hard work, every day it was very good and then my first job here in Malkbos Strand that actually brought me to Malkbos um, was through a friend his uncle had a business uh, internet shopping company so I pushed around trolleys in the shopping malls for people and um, the only communication sort of job that I ever had apart from being a pastor was really uh, in a call center in a okay. medical aid in town okay. driving in and out through traffic know something about that yeah. it's picked up since then not fun and then over there I started doing graphic design for the company over there and that got me a job eventually uh, in Malkbos at the Easy Ads which most of the people in the area will know well yeah yeah okay Fantastic. And I, I can say that some of your graphic design skills come out every now and again. Thanks. It's getting rusty a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's still there. So, so yeah. you can see that, it, that it's pulled through to where you are right now. And mm. so, so just to, to take it a step further, um, we've spoken about just how you started off in worship or, or a, a love for music and worship. Um, yes. What have you done to grow in worship and, and in music to the point where you can actually lead people? Because I believe there's a difference in, like you mentioned earlier, some people can play an instrument, they can sing, but it's a different kind of gifting or anointing to be able to lead people. And and so yeah. from your side, what have you done to, to, to grow grow in that? Yeah, um, I must say it wasn't really my choice. I remember the first time I was asked um, in high school still to lead the whole school, and I was in a school of 1,200 um, up in Kempton Park in Jeugland, where... And um, we never sang with instruments. So the principal had the idea of we can start singing along with the piano. And I was asked to play, and I botched it thoroughly. <laughs> and I remember walking away from that um, assembly meeting saying, I will not touch the piano again. And literally for three months, I didn't come close to it. <laughs> I said to my music teacher, I'm done with this. I was just so incredibly embarrassed. So it was a bit of a shock on my system trying to lead people. And that I wasn't even imagine. leading worship. But um, then definitely uh, over time, um, I 
led worship with others that were leading. I yeah. started catching on in confidence until um, in Feliersdorp, I ended up in a church with my parents, uh, quite a tiny church, and um, they didn't have a worship leader, and I was asked if I could step in. And it was just me and the guitar. And I think that's, that's a key to it, is if you are leading worship, to start by yourself. Mm. Because it's very difficult leading a team of musicians with you. Yeah. Th- that's a skill that comes with time and confidence that builds up. So I think the easiest probably is just to start off by yourself leading with an instrument because you know where you want to go and you can actually on the instrument give the feel of going there. Um, Apart from that, I think a worship leader needs a strong voice. And voice training is certainly something that helps. But again, um, my voice training comes more from choir singing uh, because you learn to be in tune with those who sings along with you and to blend in and to stand out when you do a solo. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's years and years of just being pushed into something that you maybe didn't even choose, yeah. but then learning to swim and yeah. then learning to swim along with others. Yeah. Okay. But um, I, I have to, the other part of that is obviously growing in love for God. Yeah. As my relationship with God deepened, I can say that I pulled people deeper into a place of worship um, than before. Yeah. You mentioned something in there, and I know uh, Pastor Rob often uses the quote. I think it's a, a John Maxwell quote, a quote, leader, know yourself. Oh, yes. And I think that what you mentioned about knowing, just leading by yourself, yeah. you, you kind of figure out your style and just the way that you enjoy to, to operate and, 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 and be in God's presence so that you can eventually take people with you there, yes. w- as, as you said. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I think it was Rainer who said, um, was it? was said a lot when he was here to the worship team. Is, um, you cannot take people to a place where you haven't been, yeah. uh, which in worship is just so essential. Yeah, um, that, that's yeah. very, very true. And I think it pulls into uh, most aspects of ministry. If we yes. if we lead people, we need to lead from a place of experience um, most often, I would say. Yeah. And then in, in terms of, of leading a team, you've, you've spoken of... Um, starting off by yourself and then growing into the role of leading people and and kind of um, getting the best out of them as well not necessarily as as leaders the leader of the team these people on the team but just as team members so so what would you say are some key areas that that you specifically look at when when having to decide who can be on a worship team Um, and i did i know you mentioned at at the beginning it's not just about skill or talent Um, so so what are some of the things that that you look at yeah we actually put an evaluation process in Um, uh, i happened to bump into a friend that came to along to the church um, johnny middleton and he gave us a really good framework for an evaluation. Um, so how we start off is it's an open invita- invitation in the church to say, um, come for an evaluation, a music evaluation for the worship team. And the first thing that we look at is um, the music skills, which you might think, wow, as a church, you have to look at relationship with God first. But we just realized that there is a particular gift needed if you're going to be a musician in the team or a vocalist in the team, you actually have to be able to do it. Yeah. So we look at that first. And um, then it's sort of a red light, green light, um, or orange light answer at okay. the end of the day. To say, either, listen, red light, we don't see a musical gift here at the moment, yeah. which doesn't write you off. You can go back home, you can go for lessons and develop if you believe there is one. Um, but just to say, at this moment, we don't see it. Or maybe, listen, you absolutely do have a gift. But why don't you go to Noteworthy Music School 
and sign up for a bunch of lessons and come back in six months or come back in a year when you feel you've upped your skill level. Um, or green, on the other hand, to say, listen, wonderful. You've got great skills. Um, you've, you've, you've got the goods. Then after that, we actually say, come and walk a discipleship road. For the next six months, team up with somebody in the team and walk a road so that we can see how is your walk with God. Yeah. And the first thing we obviously look at is, do you know Jesus Christ personally? Do you have an intimate relationship with him? Um, and as with everybody, we're not looking for, s- for a perfect angel to walk into the worship team. Yes. <laughs> but uh, are you actually walking a road with God? Are you committed in your love for God to grow to growth, in knowledge yeah. of him? And um, then we ask those basic questions that are asked in Titus and Timothy with regards to the elder. Listen, is your house in order? If it's not, can we help you in any way there? Uh, is your relationships in order generally around you? Do you have a good reputation in the workplace? So it's really basic, basic questions. Because when we put somebody on the stage and say, listen, lead worship with us, um, we actually are putting somebody up in the front and say, follow this example. Yes. Um, so it is something that we need to check. And not to say that we're perfect again. Um, not to say that I'm perfect at all. But we are striving to walk in holiness. Yeah. We want to see that desire grow in us. Yeah. yeah. I really like that because it's it's a thorough process and it's biblical, but it's also honest and, and it gives people opportunity to grow. And, and yes. I, I like the approach of the giving a solution to someone that maybe isn't there yet to yeah. say, well, we have these things in place that you can uh, use or pull on to be able to grow into where you need to be. And, and if that is on the team, then praise God, you'll get there. But these things we give you as an as an, another outlet to to on your journey. Yes. So you mentioned the, the Noteworthy um, School. Can you maybe just tell us a bit about that, what that's about? We started in the middle of 2017, and um, we just realized uh, as, a, as a church, you, you may know that we've got a school on the premises all the way from preschool all the way through to, to matric. And we realized from that aspect, we've got a lot of talent sitting here that we might not even know about. But then also in the church itself, um, there's music schools around us, but most of them are actually quite full, and some of them, I may say, is also really expensive. Yes. So we wanted to bring in musicians and are still looking for good musicians who loves God, who can teach others. Um, so we've got at the moment Joshua Payne, who is a brilliant guitarist, a lovely drumist, uh, drumist, drum, drum player, <laughs> there we go. And then Ricket Hubert, who's an incredibly gifted musician, yes, a brilliant true. pianist. Um, so we wanted to bring people in that loves God, that will, while they're teaching you music skills, will actually rub off the desire to use those music skills to glorify God, wow. whether that be in the worship team or anywhere else. Um, so we're still on the lookout, and we trust in God that he will bring us those who will teach us to play the violin yeah. uh, or any other instrument. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Okay, so so in terms of worship, we often box worship uh, to o- to start off with as just music. Um, we we know that worship is a lifestyle. It's not just about singing, but but the singing plays a big part in terms of corporate worship as a church. Mm. So what what other areas of of the arts in, in inverted commas, if I can put it that way, would you see? as outlets for worship. I know it's, I'm kind of leading you in a direction because I know we've started up some ministries in the church within yes. the arts, but can you maybe talk into that? What are some, some of the arts that you would say uh, form part of worship? Yeah, if you look at worship in the Bible, it's um, apart from singing, the other thing that's mentioned most is dancing. 
Um, even in Zechariah, it say da- God dances over us with great delight. Yeah. Um, so it's just an outward expression of the love and the passion in our hearts towards God. So um, a dance ministry was started up towards the end of last year uh, with Liesl Bestbeer, an incredibly gifted dancer. And um, some have joined already around her, and we're working towards a production um, in Easter on the 22nd of April. And um, I'm hoping that in time as a church, it's not something that you can push, but I'm hoping that we will grow in freedom to express our love for God, that we will um, be less and less um, self-conscious and, um, can I say, uncomfortable around one another when we're in worship, that we can just freely move actually more. Because something surely wakes up when we move. Um, It's as if we make a greater expression with our entire body. Yeah. Body language is a great part of communication. And then another part of it is um, the fine arts. We've got um, two really gifted um, uh, painters in the church. One of them who's been giving lessons for a long time, Lynn Nodier, and another one of them, Carla Buerta, who's used arts many times in the past before in different churches Mm. to worship and glorify God in the way she paints. Um, So they're starting off workshops now shortly, on Saturdays, once a month, um, to draw people in and say, come, if you've got a gifting or have a desire to express yourself in visual arts, come and do that through painting and they will help. And we're starting a choir as well uh, with Marshall. And the main drive behind that is we would like to hear the congregation sing louder. And um, we're trusting that a choir will help us with that. Boost the the volume. Yes, the more voices there is, the less awkward we'll feel to actually sing out. But every one of these, as you mentioned before, is um, just a way for us to worship corporately. Because, yes, our lives should worship and show our devotion to God. But when we come together, we sort of need tools or instruments. And these are kind of instruments that we can clang and make a noise with together and encourage each other as we speak out our love for God. I'm really excited about that because I've actually been in services where uh, people have done prophetic paintings you know in in yes. the service and and they would god would lay on their hearts a specific person and then after the worship they would go to the person and and give it to the person and mm. and just the testimonies that's come from that people that have been healed people that have gotten answers on things that they've been waiting on god for i've heard about people and seen people being healed when someone's danced over them sure. and because healing is obviously a passion of mine i, I remember those but i but i know that there's so much that that can god can do through um, arts um, yes. and and that's why i asked you about that because i know worship isn't just about song yeah. and 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 music but but there's so much more uh, and you mentioned about being more free uh, i was reminded about david what it was i will become even more undignified what's the word yes um before the lord when he danced yeah. in his ephod before before god in the streets and and i think there's something to learn from that yeah. that we don't really care what what the world would say, but that we are just in love with God, and whether that's through dance or our voices or how we paint or however that may be, it's just that's how God's created us. He's a creator, creative God. Yes, and and it's exciting to see that that we are able to be uh, to to put those things out from this church as well. Ah, absolutely, may we keep growing in it. Yeah, Amen. So, with all of these things that that we've heard are happening in the church and w- in terms of the worship ministry i would like to know from you what is what is your heart or or your dream 
for worship in the fellowship. Obviously, these things all add to it. But what would you like to, to see as, you know, we've been doing the, the strategic planning and so on, and we have certain measurables in place that we would like to see. But what would you see as a measurable um, from times of worship at the fellowship? What would be a measurable dream? Uh, or or uh, le- uh, what would be a heart from these times of worship? Yeah. Can I can I answer in a bit of a roundabout yeah, way? Right? Picture it this way: when we come together um, for a meeting at church, let's say it's a Sunday. Picture that every single one of us come walking in with some form of, of an instrument, and the whole katuda. I mean, it's so varied; everything is there, every kind of instrument that you can imagine. Um, so many times in Scripture, God makes it clear that the way that we show love to one another or honor to one another or the scriptures say in Ephesians, submit to one another, he, he sees it as unto him. Um, the great commandment is love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, everything that's in you, and love your neighbor. And Jesus makes a point of saying these two go together. We mm. cannot separate them. Mm. Um, in scripture it also says, well, God deserves the highest honor, mm. yes, but then we told to honor your mother and father, honor those who are in authority. And in one stage, the scripture says, honor all people. Mm. So, Whatever we do, Jesus also said, um, why haven't you fed me? And the people asked, where? He says, well, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Sure. Um, so I really believe when we get together in times of worship, there needs to be a unity among us. Mm. So if we look for an increase of, of, of worship towards God or a greater expression of worship to him, we're actually asking for the love between us to grow. Sure. By our love for one another, the people will know that we are the children of God. So instead of looking towards greater songs or louder music mm-hmm. or even the, the freedom that we just spoke about, I think that freedom comes because I trust you. That when I act silly, you're not going to frown at me. Yeah. You're not going to make fun of me um, or snigger behind my back. Mm. Um, that's where freedom comes is when I just trust we both be in front of dad and you don't care what I do because yeah. you love him as much as I do. Yeah. So I can just go for it and I can just sing as loud as I can with my maybe off-tune voice. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so we're really asking for greater love between one another, greater trust towards one another, mm. greater honor of one another if we're asking for greater worship towards God. Mm. Mm. That's such a, a beautiful perspective. And I, I think for me personally, just listening to that, I, I realize that often we we forget that even though we we love God, it says we will be known by our love for one one another. We will yes. be known that we love Him because we love one another, and and that's so true. That that if if we could be in a place of worship where everyone is just focused on God and and allows those around them because they love them to to express themselves in their own way, that'll be kind of a piece of heaven, I I suppose. Absolutely. Okay, and and then. On a on a lighter note, maybe it's not a wouldn't be a light note for you, but how would you describe your your favorite or best times of worship? It's sort of like the thing I've just described. It's those moments where um, you just feel that everybody in the room is eyes centered on God. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter what I do in that moment. It it just feels like we we all in the same river together. And we're all floating in the same stream, in the same direction, and in perfect unity. Mm. Um, it's really beautiful, especially as a musician. Uh, it feels in those moments like I cannot make a mistake. It's, it's just fine. Everything is in tune. 
um, everybody is on par. And the moment that I stop, the other one takes over. Um, yeah, it, it, it's blissful moments. Yeah. And maybe see more of it and more of it. <laughs> and it's also moments where you come away and I realized I'm changed. Yeah. Something in me have just changed because I've really entered deeper into the presence of God together with everybody. Mm. Yeah. It sounds a lot like just those like kids would be having fun. You, you're not worried about yes. making a mistake, even if it's a game with a goal and a purpose or whatever it may be. If you're just having fun, the the blooper doesn't really make that much of a difference yes. because you're still enjoying it and, and God is such a good dad. And if we remain childlike, then we know that he's not going to uh, rip us over the knuckles because we've we've messed up or we've sa yes. sang a false note or whatever we may think would be a, a blooper. Yeah. And on, th on that note, uh, are there any bloopers that you've made <laughs> that you would say this is probably <laughs> one of those that that I will never forget, but I, I learned yeah. something from it. Man, from everybody in the church, I'm sure there's time that, um, that the congregation will remember, and especially the guys on staff, that I, I'm not too good on the words. <laughs> so every now and again when I sing, I just sort of lose the right words, and I put my own in there. Yeah. And very often they actually come out brilliant, and I come away <laughs> thinking, I should have written the song. It's a new song. Because that, that really just sounds good. <laughs> no, so I do a lot of it. Um, yeah, what would be one of the worst ones? Yeah, I actually can recall. There's, there's quite a few of them. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I must say, I've, I've spoken earlier about that high school experience. Yes. And I think from that time on, because that was horrific. That was really, it was a horrible day. I literally hid behind the piano until the last kid walked out of hall. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I think from there on out, nothing can probably top it. Okay. And I just learned to laugh and go on. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. And, and you say it that you learned something from it. So yes. it hasn't hold, held you back. It wanted to for a while, yeah. but, it, but it didn't. So praise Absolutely. God for that. <laughs> I'm very happy that it didn't keep you from stepping into your destiny. Yeah. And then, and then finishing off, um, do you have any tips for people who want to grow in, in worship ministry, even if they're not necessarily a musician, maybe they, they're doing the fine arts or dancing, what would you give us as your, let's say, top tip or two yeah. for growing into that? The first thing is, as a worship leader, you want to press into God. So, so make sure that your life shows in your priorities that I'm making time for God. Mm. I, I spend ample time reading the Word. I'm pressing into a relationship with yeah. Him. Um, in our church, I, I do want to invite you. You want to get in the prophetic meetings. Mm. Um, it's meetings of prayer where there's really freedom, yeah. uh, where you learn to hear God's voice and where you challenge. And words are spoken over you continually to encourage you on the journey that you're walking mm. with God. So it really builds your relationship with God. I want to encourage you for that. And then I have to also put with that, as a musician, you want to be spending a lot of time on your instrument. There's no um, no way of passing that. Mm. Uh, just because you're growing in spiritual life, you're not getting a download from God with skills. Yeah. There is time dedicated to it. I remember when I started playing the piano, and I often think about my family, how very patient they were with <laughs> me. <laughs> I spent easily three hours a day on a piano, wow. and I'm not exaggerating. Wow. Really, first thing in the morning, six o'clock, I'd be on the piano. And it wasn't because I'm forced or uh, really, my family didn't press me. Yeah. I just had a passion, passion in my heart. I could not get enough of that instrument. Mm. 
and um, later on with a guitar when I when I went to a hostel um, uh, close to the end of my high school in Stellenbosch I went over to guitar because I didn't have my own piano I couldn't just play piano when I wanted to and I realized I need another instrument yeah. so I'd be on it how many hours a day just pushing 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 learning new things getting creative on it so do that um, and if you don't find that passion in your heart to do it try and push through yeah. if you really believe you need to be a worship leader you're gonna want to play an instrument mm. uh, even though you're a vocalist you want to play an instrument because you need to communicate with a band that plays with you yeah um so make an effort and continue to make an effort and as you get better on it your love for the instrument will grow so both of those mm. you want to press into god but you want to press into your skill level as well yeah mm. that's that's good good tips i, I would say because like you said, first of all, we worship because w we know who we worship. You have to know yes. God. You cannot worship someone that you do not know. And, and I think that's foundational to every Christian. Mm. Um, but then in terms of musicians and worship leaders who lead congregations, I, I believe it, there's nothing as, as bad as being in a worship service where the person doesn't know the notes or the, the chords. Because for, for us who are just your day-to-day -day worshiper, we rely on, on, on a good musician to lead you into God's presence, on, on someone who's honed their craft, if you can put yeah. it that way, and someone that you see they've, they've put the time and effort into. And, and it makes it so much easier from a, from a congre congregant perspective to get into the presence of God. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's very, very good. And then any last words, anything that you would want to say about just our church's worship ministry, anything that you think uh, people need to know about worship sure. and, and our church uh, in Valde, I'm really excited of, about where we are. Um, just over the past year, we've really come a long way as a worship team, mm. broadening out. And I mean, even just over the past few months. So um, looking forward, we, we just had a, a meeting together, uh, together yesterday with all the musicians and we spoke about the year ahead, and there's an incredible excitement. Um, and we know that there's so many promises of revival that is coming to the Western Cape in yeah. particularly. Uh, I feel as a church, God is getting us ready also just to worship in, in a greater extent, mm. that as he's adding people to the, to the kingdom of God, we need more worship leaders. Yeah. It's just a vital part of churches. Yeah. It's always been that way. So I'm really excited looking forward. Um, mm. Yeah, so if you're listening to this and it's touching your heart, I want to encourage you, press in, press in, because mm. a time is coming where we're going to need many more worship leaders than we see at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Garth, and, and it's really been a, been a, a privilege to speak to you. Uh, I'll, I'll speak to you often, but just hearing your heart on, on worship and for the church, and, and I think it's good for, for our people and those who are listening to also catch the heart of the people who are leading because often we just see the person on the stage or, or preaching or sharing the word but but it's it just gives you a different connection when you when you get to hear the heart and where that person comes from so thank you for taking the time out for for sharing with us i trust you the listener have been blessed and we'll definitely have garth back on again we, we would like to hear more about um, songwriting in the future because he's such a brilliant musician. He's writing songs as well and, and maybe get him to do a song or two for us. I we'll see how to. that goes. Um, so thank you very much, Garth. Thank you for your time. And yeah, this has been the, the second episode of the Fellowcast. Tune in again next time where we will be chatting to Pastor Rob Lucas. Uh, we got him in early and I'm just, ex just as excited about that time of, of just conversation and hearing his heart about what's happening at the fellowship. Have a good one. Bye-bye.